Coconino National Forest in Arizona stretches across a vast expanse, its beauty mingling with the whispers of ancient legends. Deep within the woods, where the light battles to penetrate the thick foliage, stories of peculiar cryptids have been whispered for generations stories of dogmen, elusive Bigfoot, and eerie crawlers lurking in the shadows. It is in this mysterious realm that our story unfolds. Meet Hillary, a young park ranger whose name was given to her by a father who harbored an irrational disdain for Hillary Clinton. Abandoned by her father, she forged her own path and found solace in the wild. Assigned to a remote watchtower, nestled deep in the heart of the Coconino Forest, Hillary spends her nights scanning the wilderness, alert for any signs of danger. One fateful night, as the moon bathes the forest in its pale glow, a distress call crackles through the radio. A lost hiker pleads for assistance, disoriented in the labyrinthine trails. Hillary, ever dutiful, guides him back to safety, her heart pounding with a mix of relief and concern. But their journey takes an unexpected turn when they stumble upon an abandoned cabin, hidden amongst the towering trees. Curiosity tinged with unease, they cautiously step inside, their flashlights cutting through the gloom. Their breath catches in their throats as they discover the lifeless form of a police officer, clutching a journal in his hand. The pages, filled with trembling handwriting, reveal a harrowing tale, the officer's account of the gruesome discovery of ten bodies near the cabin. The corpses, stripped of flesh, bear the marks of a predator that devoured them to the core. Fear creeps into their hearts, tendrils of unease coiling around their minds. They step outside, drawn by morbid curiosity, to where the first body was found. Illuminated by the moon's ethereal light, they inspect the bones, haunted by the macabre scene. Suddenly, a branch snaps, the sound echoing through the silence of the forest. They turn in unison, eyes wide with trepidation. Above them looms a creature, towering and monstrous, a figure reminiscent of the Bigfoot, but far angrier and stronger. Without warning, it pounces upon the hapless hiker, his screams piercing the night. Hillary, her instincts kicking in, throws herself to the side, narrowly evading the creature's wrath. Desperation floods her senses as she fumbles for her firearm. The first shot reverberates through the air, followed by five more, each one hitting its mark. But the beast seems impervious to the bullets, its hide impenetrable. With each failed attempt to halt the creature's rampage, Hillary watches in horror as it ends the hiker's life, leaving only the hollow shell of what once was. Suddenly, the creature turns its attention towards the park ranger, its primal growls echoing with a bone-chilling ferocity. A shiver of terror courses through Hillary's veins, but she stands her ground, the gun trembling in her hands. With an enigmatic growl, the creature retreats, vanishing into the depths of the forest, leaving behind a trail of blood and dread. Scared and shaken, Hillary hastily reaches for her radio, her voice quivering as she calls for backup. At dawn, a team arrives a mixture of police and search and rescue personnel. Together, they comb the area, only to discover the grisly truth ten lifeless bodies, exactly as Hillary had described. But their response is met with skepticism, their belief in the fantastical tale waning. Haunted by the night's harrowing events, 
Hillary finds herself alone in her conviction, left to grapple with the horrors she witnessed. The truth, like the enigmatic creatures that haunt the Coconino National Forest, remains obscured, buried beneath layers of disbelief and fear. But within her, the echoes of that dreadful night continue to resonate, forever shaping her perception of the wilderness she once loved. In late fall of 2018, I was driving back home from work on a Saturday afternoon on I-271 South near Mayfield, Ohio. The weather was overcast and light rain was coming down in slowed down traffic due to rain. It wasn't very windy, but the wind blew the rain to the southeast. Out of my periphery, I noticed to my right what resembled a large grouping of dark gray balloons floating silently from one side of the freeway to the other above the tops of the cars on the same freeway. Upon closer inspection, I noticed these orbs hanging or grouping together in what resembled a D and a strand model. Some were attached to others, while the remainder were free-floating, clinging together as they floated silently across and into obscurity. This was my third experience witnessing something anomalous, and I reported it months ago to author Preston Dennett. I've included the artistic recreation of my sighting. A few days ago, I met with one of my friends from school at a local cafe. And this is when I was doing my shift. He had ordered a latte when I had recognized him. He had also recognized me when he looked right at me. We chatted pleasantries while I made coffee to know that he was now a park ranger. I was interested and asked him to tell me more about his job after my shift. After my shift had ended, I walked over to his table while he was reading a book. He began telling me about how he first loved his job, but recently had been having some strange supernatural occurrences that creeped him out. He was even considering resigning. I asked him what he saw, and he told me about some things that he had seen that were very concerning. One day near dusk, he was patrolling the park along with three of the rangers. They walked and patrolled the stream that flows in the park so they don't get lost. When it was completely dark, they turned back towards the cabins of the park rangers. As they were walking, they saw a big creature just a few feet away from them. It was almost eight feet tall with thick hands and feet. It nearly matched the description of a Bigfoot, except it had the head of a lion. My friend and his co-workers got so scared, they began running towards the cabin, blindly shooting behind them. The creature was so thick and heavy that it could not run as fast as them, struggling to keep up. Soon, they started to see bright lights shining outside the cabin every night as it came closer. When they reached the cabin door and looked back, there was no creature in sight, especially not the Bigfoot-looking lion. They told the whole occurrence to the rest of the rangers. They did not believe them at first, but one of the rangers said he believed them since he also saw something unnatural a few days back. Only he didn't dare to share. He thought it was just his imagination. On asking him what he saw, he told them he saw a small creature almost one foot tall with thin stick-like arms and legs, totally opposite to what my friend, and the other rangers had seen that patrolled around with him. I was shocked to hear these types of creatures existed and advised him to resign and get a job that's away from the supernatural. 
He said that no job is away from the supernatural, as they could always shape-shift or choose to be invisible if they wish. So even my job of serving coffee, I could have an encounter with anything unnatural. In 2013, I, Officer Torg, managed to secure an actual live DNA sample from a livestock kill while investigating the supposed Lizardman case out in Bishopville, South Carolina. It was 8 1 a.m. when I responded to several calls reporting a large unknown predator supposedly killing livestock. Upon arriving and following standard protocol for such a call, I quickly realized the severity of the situation. I established a perimeter around the kill site to keep onlookers away. At 8.20 a.m., I obtained saliva from an unknown source on one of the cattle. I reported that it was not possible to tell if it was human or animal. By 9.30 a.m., all the evidence had been gathered and moved to the evidence room, awaiting analysis. I was told that I would have the DNA results in approximately three weeks. As always, I strongly urged anybody with information regarding this incident to please report to their local authorities immediately, so these investigations could be taken care of under proper jurisdiction. Additionally, two young men reportedly saw what they described as a lizardman along a very rural road in eastern South Carolina on Sunday night. According to reports, these two 19-year-old men were driving along a stretch of highway near Bishopville when they came across something in the road. They turned around and saw what they described as a seven-foot-tall lizardman and quickly drove off. When asked for further comment, they both insisted that this was no man in a costume, but a real-life lizardman. They believed it must have been the same one seen back in the 80s by the young man who had his own sighting in Skateboard Swamp in 1984. We were out in a state park tent camping, not far from civilization at all. Three of us. After drinking a bit too much and some other partying, we hiked a bit up the mountain behind our camp. Stupid. It was pitch black with a very steep incline. About 30 minutes into the hike, in the middle of nowhere, we see a structure. It's a door and not much else. The door is built into a brick building. It had four walls, but the structure was so small and built just for the door. The front was about six feet wide, and then from front to back it was probably two feet. I know it doesn't sound that creepy, but when you find a closed door on a tiny brick building, throw in the partying, and it becomes really, really creepy. Turns out the door was unlocked. So, we open it, and there's no floor inside, but a ladder going down. You bet your ass none of us had the balls to go down. We dropped some rocks that took quite a while to hit the bottom. No splash, just a solid smack of rock against concrete. Sorry for the boring ending, but there wasn't much more to the story. Shit was real strange though. It was a long time ago, I have no recollection of where it was, so if I wanted to ever go back I'm Saul. Still can't explain this, I was out in the mountains of Pennsylvania in the Poconos, this happened multiple times, I would be in the woods and would hear knocking sounds on the trees around us at night. I would brush it off as just wind, but then the sounds would get louder and closer, 
and then they started surrounding us in a circle. It was like the way that a loading icon is and goes in a circle. We would just shut up and throw more wood on the fire. Then we heard screaming from the woods surrounding us, not yelping, but in some kind of language. It was absolutely insane. It sounded like people dying. It wasn't coyotes, I've heard them one thousands of times. This was human. While the screaming and knocking kept going in circles, we would huddle near each other at the fire, looking at each other like, what the F, and it would stop after about 20 minutes. When we were in our tents, sometimes we would hear it again and hide under the blankets. Sometimes would even hear footsteps. This was in an area that had a lot of Native American violence, so maybe that could be why. Just grasping at straws here, because there was no way we could explain it. Whenever we went to the same area, it would happen. Edit for everyone wondering if I'm alive lol yes I am. We ended up staying at my friend's cabin, more like a shed to be honest, and I really only stayed one night and day because two people my friends had to leave, and I didn't want to be alone with the last person there whom I didn't know all that well. They were. Kinda odd to say the least, and I didn't feel right without cell service or my own car in the middle of nowhere with a stranger. Nothing out of the ordinary there though, just a campfire, some beers, grilled some food, etc. This was in a different area than the above happened, maybe that's why, but if I ever go back to the last place, I will make a new post. No weird sounds that I could hear, even while venturing into the woods looking for them, but maybe someday I'll hear them again. Thanks for all the replies asking if I'm alive though haha. I feel kinda bad how anticlimactic this was too. I really wanted to catch a recording or something, but it was just a normal camp out this time. This evening, I'm going to be telling you about a sighting that I had back in July while working the night shift. It was just me and my partner that night. We were going around the highway right around 11 p.m. But as it turns out, our second call came in the day right around 10.40 p.m. In Ohio State Highway Patrol jurisdiction, there are no set speed limits on any roads except the turnpike and a few other select highways. So when we get calls to investigate speeders, we have to find probable causes that somebody is going above the posted speed limit. Now, it was about 10.45 and I see a car passing from behind at seemingly high speeds. I didn't think much of it at first, but when I noticed the brake lights turning on and off at first, I thought somebody was just messing around. But then it became apparent this guy was trying to warn me. I turned on my lights and siren and immediately got behind this person. We were driving into a heavily forested area, so there were no lights and it wasn't until I turned my spotlight on that I was able to see what he was trying to warn me about. There was a humanoid figure standing in the middle of the road. It appeared to be wearing all white-like robes, and it did not move at all, just standing still in the road. The reason I knew this person had to have seen this thing is that he too pulled over right into the closest shoulder. As soon as he approached this thing, I get out of my car and shine my light onto this person, and it immediately sprints off into the trees like some sort of wild animal, yet completely unhuman. Despite how quickly it moved, it made no noise running or running through the brush. My partner comes up behind me 
asking if I saw what he saw, and I responded with, yeah, I did, in a very uneasy tone. Despite being unable to explain what it was that I just saw, all I can think about was getting back in our car and driving away. The other officer asked me if I wanted him to go in after it, so we could at least figure out what kind of animal it might have been. But the fact that this thing wasn't making any noise while running kind of gave me the feeling that whatever was running through those woods knew exactly where it was going, which led me to believe that chasing after it would likely be trying to catch a ghost. We didn't see anything else throughout our shift besides some drunk drivers and people purposely not wearing their seatbelts. All in all, another uneventful night besides this. Me and a buddy were doing some backcountry, hiking in the Great Basin in an area where all sorts of weird shit was prone to happening. There was some restricted military base in the general area, lots of military testing and maneuvers, and lots of crazy-ass weirdos that came through that area. We crested a tall hill and were looking out over a valley when we saw two other guys on a hill across from us. I took a look at them through my binocs, and they looked pretty normal. One had a rifle, but that didn't concern me because lots of people would skeet shoot and such up in that region. I decided to give them a holler and wave just to let them know we were in the area just in case they were shooting. Well, they noticed us, and the guy with the rifle raised it and pointed it in our direction. I tried to dismiss it as him, using his scope to be able to see us as we were pretty far away. We resume hiking, and next thing I know I hear shots landing on the hill we're on. Not terribly close, but a. We hoof it down that hill and up another one, and I break out the binocs again. Well, those two guys had now made it across to the hill we were on before and were skulking around the brush. F that. I decided we needed to get back to camp, but that we couldn't make a beeline because it would take us across the valley and we would be spotted in a second. I saw that there was an old, dry washout that was the perfect depth to conceal us. We snuck our way down into it, and it was literally like being in a trench surrounded by sheer dirt walls. We followed it around and out to safety, but it was pretty harrowing being in there because you couldn't see too much above and so we had no clue where those guys were. My buddy told me a story over ice fishing this past weekend. So, my boss has tons of private property in northern Michigan, and he offered to let me hunt there this year. So I took him up on the offer quickly, as I've put up with central Michigan public land for years. Anyways, come September I got out there, and put three hang-on tree stands with screw-in steps. Yeah, yeah, I know, not legal, but that's the only thing I'm comfortable climbing, and I take them out after I leave. In various locations. Keep in mind, this is private. Nobody else is supposed to be hunting within miles of me. Fast forward to late October, and I manage to get out there after a very busy work schedule roofing sucks, go to school kids for a weekend. So Friday... I take my bait out to one of my stands, the closest one to the cabin. I get there and notice there isn't much deer sign, so I decide to lug my bag out three miles down until the swamp where I find my next stand with heavy sign, so I spread my pile out. I put my steps in so I can climb it in the morning and begin to head back. 
The third stand, the furthest one out, was only a mile away from the one I was at situated on the side of a fairly large hill. I get within a quarter mile of it on my GPS when suddenly I begin to pick up on a bad feeling. Like, my body was telling me something was up. Normally I know better than Ty go against this, but this is as remote as you can get for Michigan, so I carried on. The closer I got, the worse the feeling got. I got within 50 yards when I just froze. Something was wrong. The tree my stand was in was empty. There was no stand. But just to my right and front, about 30 feet from the tree, was my stand, mangled and broken. I ran over to it and started investigating. In front of the stand, five feet away on the ground, was a massive and fresh impact mark on the ground where it had hit, then bounced against a tree. Hard enough to leave a mark, again fresh, on the tree and cleanly snap the seat off. I then turned to me tree. I looked for marks and found none. Just the old marks from where I screwed my steps in a month and a half ago when I set it up. No footprints, nothing around the tree. Someone or something. Unstrapped my stand and threw it from 25 feet up the tree and traveled through the air the same distance to the ground. This stand was not light either, easily 60 pounds. I knew I needed to get out of there quick, so I booked it straight to the cabin. Stupid me went out to hunt the next morning in the stand with bait. I hunted from sunup to sundown, not seeing a damn thing. So, around dark, I started to pack up. Where I was facing, I could see the hill where I had the other stand, and just as I was about to get down I could see a light. Then two. Then four or five lights. They were moving erratically around the general area of the stand. It was so silent I could barely hear some faint voices. I noped out of there silently and in the dark. The next day, I was done. I had decided to pick up my remaining stands and leave. I went to the stand I hunted in the next day when I seen the stand hanging in the tree next to the one I was in off a branch. I didn't investigate. I turned around and ran back to the truck. I was done. Nope, that was that. Called my boss and told him what was up. His theory was meth heads or marijuana growers. As for me, I have no clue. Me and my grandpa were walking a deer trail along a five-foot-wide thicket with clear cuts on both sides. It was a peaceful day, with the sun shining through the trees and the sound of birds chirping in the distance. Little did we know that this walk would take a turn towards the mysterious and unknown. As we walked, engrossed in our conversation about hunting and the great outdoors, it was my grandfather who first noticed something strange. He abruptly stopped and muttered, What the bleep is that? His tone made me stop in my tracks and look in the direction he was pointing. There, in the soft soil near the trail, was the biggest footprint I had ever seen. It was deep and wide, easily twice the size of my own foot. The imprint resembled that of a giant creature, and I couldn't help but feel a shiver run down my spine. The kicker to all this was that it was my grandpa's last year of hunting. Due to a cataract in one eye, his doctor advised him to give up hunting. It was a bittersweet moment for him, as he had been an avid hunter his whole life. And now, in his final year, 
he stumbled upon something truly mysterious. Curiosity peaked. I began searching for any other signs that could lead us to the creature responsible for that enormous footprint. We scanned the surrounding area, looking for tracks, broken branches, or any other evidence of its presence. But to our dismay, we couldn't find anything else. Despite the lack of additional signs, the sighting had spooked me enough to shift my focus from searching for deer to searching for what made that track. I used to live in Spain because my father was a government official. We lived near an area that was frequented by pilgrims. I saw a few dead bodies while I was there. A lot of the pilgrims are really old, and they can't handle the physical toll the, the hike takes, so they suddenly drop dead, or they rest on the side of the road, and they never wake up again. I once had the displeasure of seeing one of the corpses up close. The face on the dead woman was contorted. She looked terrified like death had taken her by surprise. As for supernatural, I remember in 2013 I got up early, and I traveled to a path that was frequented by pilgrims. I wanted to go stargazing, and there was relatively little light pollution out in the countryside. When I arrived at my usual spot, I noticed there was a man in brown robes not too far off in the distance. When I yelled a greeting towards him, he turned his face towards me. He was unnaturally pale, as if he were a corpse or gravely ill. His eyes were bloodshot, and he looked like he was crying. He said not a word to me and turned around again, continuing to stare off into the distance. I remained for a few minutes, but shivers kept running through my spine, and I decided I shouldn't be there so I left. Later that evening, a train derailed at Santiago de Compostela, which is the end point of the pilgrimage, and 80 people died. I think this is all a coincidence, and I probably met some sleepy pilgrim. But I told my grandma, and she said it was the spirit of St. James the Muslim killer, as the pilgrim's path is dedicated to him. She says he was trying to warn me of the tragedy that was going to take place later that day. When I was younger, my dad and I went deep sea fishing all the time. The creepiest thing that ever happened to me was when we decided to do a little more surface fishing further out on the open ocean, rather than fish for grouper and whatnot. So I'm sitting with my feet off the edge of the boat, and my dad hooks a fish. It seems pretty big, based on the way it was pulling, so I look over to see if he needs help. Then something slowly brushes my legs. I look down, and there was a 4-5 Jeep Barracuda brushing against my legs. I froze, and seconds later it shot off. When my dad felt the line go slack, he started reeling in faster. The Barracuda had bitten off most of the fish. It was only a mouth on a hook, really. Pretty creepy. When I was 12, I lived out in 29 Palms, California in the middle of the desert. One night around June 14, 2015, I remember being awake in the middle of the night to a black silhouette that was shaped just like a short gray. It was staring straight down at me, and I was staring at its face. It had its hand on my forehead, and its skin was so abnormally smooth, soft, and warm. I was filled with pure love and tranquility. 
I intuitively knew that everything was going to be okay. My mind was completely clear of any thoughts, as if it was controlling my mind, and for some reason, it started making me count upward in my head. Once I got to three, I went unconscious. I eventually woke up again, still laying in bed, and everything in the room was the same except the entity was just gone. I sat up and immediately thought WTF was that and what just happened. I was able to think again, and I was just so confused at what this all meant. I often question whether or not that intensely reassuring feeling was actually supposed to mean something, or if it was just a way for it to make me relax so it could do what it came to do. But I just don't understand why it seemed to have let me remember that moment instead of making me just forget the entire experience. I may not ever know.